Welcome to Season 2 of the Never Going Pro Podcast by Dads Inside Riding Trainers featuring GC Coaching. It's a podcast about riding bikes and parenthood and trying really, really hard at both. I'm your host, Ken the Badger Nowell. So Shane and Chris are not with me tonight. Typically, we do a topic and dig into the, the nuts and bolts of the topic, and then we'll follow up with a guest interview towards the end. Tonight, we have a really cool interview with Tyler Pierce, the vegan cyclist. And I just sort of let the interview run its course, and it ended up being a great standalone episode and interview, and I hope that you'll enjoy it. Come back and catch us for Season 2, Episode 2, where we will discuss base building. And for now, enjoy the interview with Tyler Pierce, the vegan cyclist. And here we go. This week, we have a special guest that I've been a fan of for several years. Tyler Pierce, also known as The Vegan Cyclist, has a very popular YouTube channel, currently with 112,000 subscribers and over 400 videos, which range from race recaps and product reviews and some lifestyle-related videos. So, Tyler, how are you this evening? I'm fantastic. Uh, Thank you very much for having me on your show, man. You uh, recently did one with with my uh, former teammate and friend, Timmy, correct? Yes, we did. Yeah. And, yeah. And we, we loved Timmy. He was actually really early on when we started, uh, dads inside riding trainers. Uh, he was one of the first guys to jump on our squad and, um, was very helpful and helping put together the indoor specialist race team. Yeah. He, I mean, he is definitely a dad, uh, trying to just get as you know, much out of this sport as possible. And it's, it's um inspiring for sure you know and so anyway yeah he's he's really cool i i didn't you know we kind of always sort of kind of knew each other and then last year he was uh i had an opportunity to race with him and that was really really cool yeah that's awesome and i i know you also know jeremiah bishop i've seen you guys hanging out in his videos i got to interview with him too and he's like a super cool guy way laid back dude he's the coolest uh when you get to a certain level of you know, talent, sometimes like it just goes to your head, you know, and <laughs> it's so crazy because when I first met him, I met him in Vermont and I didn't know who he was at all. Um, I just, I didn't have a bike to race there at, at the, um, uh, Raspatuzia or however you say it. And I just saw a Canyon and I was like, I just went up to a, a Canyon van and was like, I need a bike. And so then when I posted that video, I got a lot of like, uh, not a lot, but some hate being like, I can't believe you didn't even know that guy. Like, you know, how dare you? Like you, you need to know the legends of the sport. And yeah. still, even then I kind of started following him. And it, when, even when I went to his Fondo, I still didn't really know the scope of his career. Right. We were eating dinner um, after he took me on this just insane, like private ride. Like it was one of the greatest moments of my life and we're just eating dinner and he's, He's telling me all about like Lance Armstrong and like that whole thing and like his whole career. And I was like, whoa, dude, I've been in the presence of greatness. And I and but that's like the testament to how chill of a dude he is. Yeah. You know, he never brings it up or he never like reminds you how great he is. We were riding on the last day I was there. We just kind of went on this ride and he stopped at this car, this bike shop and the it's so hard to explain but the bike shop had this huge ledge out in front uh almost like a loading dock okay dude it's like five feet tall 
And somehow he just bunny hops up this loading dock. Dude. And I was like, what? Dude, it was it, it was so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. I mean, he is a world-class athlete. And so, you know, but his attitude is is so is so chill that uh, man, I I I strive to be like that. You know, where it's just it it doesn't matter what you're known for or like whatever is going on in your life, like just be a cool dude. And and he yeah. just exhibits that to the fullest. Yeah, he totally does. I got to meet him. He was just standing on the street at the World Championships in Richmond a couple of years ago and just hanging out, just shooting the shit with people and having a good time. Um, and then, you know, he kind of lives in my region. Like I'm here in North Carolina. He's in Virginia. And we, we were at some mountain bike trail and went up this ridiculous hill, me and a buddy, and we were just hammering it as hard as we could. And then um, later on, we looked on Strava and our times were like double. He had the KOM and, and we, our, his time was literally half of what ours was. So he's, he's the real thing. But he was probably like cheering you on the whole time or like, man, you know, that was such a good effort. Like he would, he would like relate to you as if you almost took his KOM, even though you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So this is season one, episode two of the Never Going Pro podcast. And we are talking about building a strong base. And so what I've been seeing in your social media feed is you've been doing the 20 hour a week challenge, which is crazy. Um, and so we wanted to hear a little bit about what your goals are for doing the 20 hour a week challenge. Is this more like of a base building thing for later on in the season and how's it playing out? Yeah, well, so uh, it's going to be something I want to do every year because this like changed my life. Um, okay. And and it wasn't December 1st. Uh, I was coming back from Cayucas, the coast uh, with my family and, and my motivation is was like at an all time low to ride bikes. Mm. I just, you know, the thing is, dude, the more you get fit, uh, the higher the peak you climb, the fall, the, the, the greater the fall. Really? And so every year, you know, you, you want to make new gains and new improvements, right? And so in May of 2019, I did 380 watts for 20 minutes at 155 pounds. Like, wow, unreal, right? And like every year I keep like bumping that 20 minute power up. Um, but the, but when you're not on form, you now know, like, when 250 watts for 20 minutes is like difficult in the off season, you're just yeah. like, dude, I don't want to climb this mountain again. I don't mm. want to put in the intervals. I don't like, it's going to take me so much work to get back up to that, that, that peak and then surpass it. It's very difficult. And so just December 1st, dude, is like no motivation. All I want to do is noodle around and, and go for adventures, which is cool, which is fine. But I've got this race season coming up and I, it's, it's like when I go out and do events, I don't want to just be the dude off the back, you know, making videos. Like I want to be in the hunt. Right. And so, uh, so anyway, so I was listening to Chris Delia congratulations podcast. Like it's just silly goose time only, but he said something during it where he said, if you've ever done anything in your life, it's because you decided to do it. Mm. And it's like, it's that sounds so simple, but, anything you've ever done, it's because you just mentally said, I I've decided to do this. If you don't do it, it's because you're like, oh, well, maybe. And uh, there's excuses and you're hemming and hawing. 
So I was like, dude, I'm just going to decide to do something crazy in December and, and I'm just going to decide to do it and it will be done. Uh, and so I, in the car driving home, I was like, I'm going to train like a pro. I'm going to do 20 hours a week, uh, with structure. You know, I'm going to have my coach dial me in and we're going to do a three week build one week recover. Um, and we're just going to see what happens. Cause I've only done 20 hours in a week one time before. And okay. that was, you know, my whole training program always goes maybe like 15 hours, then like six, then like 12 and then eight, you know, it's like, mm. I'll be able to ramp it up for a week, but then I got to go back to the responsibilities, you yeah. know? And when I do 20 hours in a week, it's cause I'm neglecting my family. I'm neglecting mm. my responsibilities. I'm, I'm just waxed and you just can't, it's not sustainable. Right. So sure. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to focus super hard on doing this for three weeks. And so, uh, got home after this drive, didn't want to ride, right? It was like a four hour drive. I'm tired. It's like six o'clock at night. And without this challenge, I'm going to bed and eating, mm. ice, you know, yeah. uh, with this challenge, I was like, well, shit, dude, it's day one. I got, well, it was day zero. Cause I, was, I had to do an FTP test. Okay. So then, uh, I did an FTP test so that I could so get some sort of gauge of where I was and, and where I'm going to end up being, even though this wasn't about building an FTP, this was just, just to see what my body can do. Like, what if I just crush myself for three weeks? Do I fail? Do I crack or do I set up my year to have the biggest peak I've ever had? Right. And so did you need an FTP number to base your, your intervals and your power and your training? Like, was that sort of so going into December, I, you know, my FTP for my training peaks and Zwift was still set from my peak in May, yeah. you know, so it's like your FTP is 340 Watts. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, so, so we reset it and, you know, it was the first week I did 20 hours all indoors. That's I mean, it nuts. was, it, yeah, dude. And, and I mean, you know, Zwift, when you're on Zwift, a hundred percent of, of the time you're on the bike is, is, is effective. Right. right? And so if you go out on the road for a four hour ride, you know, there's a good 30 minutes of you probably doing nothing, you know, you're right. coasting, you're soft pedaling, you're turning, um, if not even more than that. I think a lot of times like out of a four hour ride, two hours of it, is what you were really there to do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I was looking at those stats off of that first week, I had less than one minute out of 20 hours that I wasn't pedaling. That is crazy. So if you want to say like 20 hours on the road, this it felt more like what with 30 hours would feel like, you know, yeah. and then you're not moving. And so it's just like my brain was melting. But anyway, um, you know, cr- crush the first week. Uh, my coach designed a program that wasn't going to just take me because I'm doubling my volume. Right. My average week volume until that point was like 10 hours or like it was like nine hours, 58 minutes. Okay. We're doubling my volume. I can't also then throw in intensity. Mm-hmm. It's not going to, it's not going to work. So I, we kept it pretty low intensity is like tempo was, was probably the biggest um, piece of that, you know, the most intense. Um, so it wasn't, I wasn't like doing VO two max intervals or anything like that. It was just, even though there were intervals and there was over unders, you know, it's like 180 Watts under and, and 220 over, you know? Okay. Yeah. 
just to keep it like from my brain not jumping out of my skull. Like I, I I'm not gonna just ride four hours constant. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah, and so uh, so also during this. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit everything and just do 20 hours on the bike. Like I had to focus on my nutrition a ton. Uh, that was a big aspect of it. Um, even though my nutrition is pretty clean, like I've never done this kind of volume before. Yeah. So then then also SoCal Bike PT, my, my physical therapist, like I don't want to then get injured going into 2020. So mm-hmm. like I really focused on stretching and rolling and uh, you know, the whole core work, like everything, like the whole, it was, yeah. it was and training like a pro. I mean, I had, I had everything mapped out. And so when you, when you step back and you say, not only did I ride 20 hours objectively a week, there were the, all the hours into nutrition and, and stretching and rolling and, uh, just getting on the bike and off the bike, getting ready, showering, all this stuff was probably something like 35 hours in the week dedicated solely to cycling, which is extremely irresponsible for a man who owns two companies and has two kids and a wife. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to juggle, uh, my day job, which is web development and, and e-commerce data distribution. Um, I had to manage, you know, my wife's sanity, right? Mm. Like, so what is she, cause she's watching my, I have a two year old daughter and then an, uh, a nine year old son, which you know, he's like at, at school a lot of the time. So it wasn't like that, but anyway. Yeah, but a two-year-old is tough. I mean, they they demand a lot of attention and, you know, you can't tell them no. Like, they don't get that. You know, like when they, they want their daddy, they want their daddy and there's nothing you can do about that. Well, and again, I can't, I can't go spend four hours in the dungeon and then right. come up and go lay in bed. Like it's, that doesn't, my wife's going to be like, Hey, you just got, you just got four hours of you time. It's, it's now me time, <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, really, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I have four hours by myself, but I'm waxed. Yeah. So, uh, so I had to just manage all of this and, you know, I, I'm, I'm still developing the video to, to tell this whole story, but, uh, it, I live, I basically did a, a daily vlog on Instagram story. Okay. And I've saved all those, you know, so you can actually go to my Instagram page and under the Instagram highlights, there's like 11 of them, but it goes through the, my daily schedule. I mean, what I was doing, like conference calls with, with clients, um, you know, what the program will look like. I, I try to really go through my mental struggles of just that I didn't want to do this, you know, because yeah. sometimes people on Instagram, they're just so motive, motivational, like the rock. He's just like always you know, like life reps, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know what I mean? You like everyone has difficulty getting themselves motivated to do stuff. And, uh, so it was really kind of like an inception, like this weird thing where I set this goal and I put it out there and I, and I posted about it. And then the community forced me to continue the the project, right? There Man, was- I was watching all that. I was like checking out your daily feeds and updates. And there's, there's one story that really got me, man. You know, it's that, uh, you know, it's one it is. 
It's the one where you accidentally drank your own piss. Oh my god! Okay, you gotta bring that up. On the yeah. So, so I, I mean, Come on, was, man. You you told us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you no, got it. I was. Th- I think that was the third week, maybe, or towards the end of the second week. But I was just. I was I was riding the struggle bus mentally, right? Like my body actually, like I was doing good on the bike, like I was doing good power, uh, but just how many podcasts can you listen to? How many songs can you listen to? How many videos can you watch? It, how what can you do to entertain your mind during all of this 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 time? Like because you're not out on the real road, and dude, but just to, I, I will say though, what's what's oddly strange is that it it didn't taste bad. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you think piss is going to taste terrible. <laughs> One would uh, suspect. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, and the thing was that it was like week old piss, right? So um, it wasn't hot. <laughs> it was actually cold. Oh and my so, God. You know, I'm drinking my monster hydro and then I, and like the, I guess I was dehydrated because it looked like, like it looked like orange monster hydro. And so then I drink it and I'm thinking, why is this not sweet? <laughs> you know, but that oh, was sorry, man, I'm about to cry right now. It's, man. it's all good. It's, I mean, look, it happened and, and you know, but it was like, uh, my first initial thought was like, well, where did the sugar go? Did I get like a zero sugar one? <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, drink my own piss. And, uh, <laughs> but it did. It just. It just more. It more tasted like um, alkaline water, like a, mm. like a battery had been left in water. You know, yeah. so it wasn't. Anyway, dude, I, I mentally, my brain was was falling apart uh, during this whole thing. But other than that, I was actually extremely uh, happy with how my physical body held up. Um, how you know, just with the nutrition and, and, and all the focus that went into off the bike stuff was dude, it, it, we, I crushed it. It was great. Um, and one of the biggest takeaways was because I had to manage all the other stuff was how much time in the day I spend doing nothing, you Mm. know, clicking through Instagram or, you know, it might, I might write one email in 15 minutes and be like, yeah, I'm working hard. Mm, you know what I mean? Like yeah, to, yeah. to be able to fit in 20 hours a week of pure writing and then all and handle all of this stuff. I mean, there were days where I was running at a hundred percent efficiency. The, the second I woke up to the second I fell asleep, literally there was, n- there was no downtime. It was always doing something or, or even sometimes, multitasking right i'm writing an email uh while watching my daughter while stretching you know what i mean and so but that's not sustainable at all you know but they what was really cool was that i i took away from kind of throwing my life into like chaos was all these different places that i could improve my life and so it's going to be something i'm going to do every year and and next time i want it to be this this challenge that we get the community involved with and whatever that may be it, 20 hours a week was just for me, you know, like that's, that was a big challenge for me, but, but you could have people that 10 hours a week could be the same equivalent, right. you know, or 40 hours a week or whatever, whatever it is, there should be a moment where you take one month out of the, out of the year and just max out. Just see how hard can I go? How how far can I push my life 
and see what kind of gains that I can make. Um, because it, it really, it made me, made everything in my life very more efficient. Uh, knowing how much time I spend waking up and just laying in bed and kind of doing nothing, you know? Um, but I did, I lost two clients during this, right? I I didn't reply to emails quick enough. And I had a client that had an issue and I was just too drained. I was too drained to mentally get on top of it. I, I ignored her email and, and it cost me, it cost me money. Um, you know, and that, that, you know, so that's not great, <laughs> but uh, and, uh, Iman Lucas is, um, he's a, he's a pro cyclist from my area that actually races in Europe. And, you know, I, I, he'd kind of been chatting with me during this and he asked me, he said, is this something you would want to do often? And, and I straight up was like, dude, I don't have the mental strength to be a pro cyclist. Okay. This is what he does he does 25 to 30 hours a week every week you know what i mean like you always i think we always think oh dude it would be so sick to be a pro cyclist it'd be so sick to get paid money and ride your bike but man it it doesn't matter what if you're getting paid for it or not just the ability to like flog your mind you know day in and day out i i don't have it and at one point i think it was like right in the middle of week two I got really worried that I was going to not like bikes anymore. Yeah. I'm not having fun. This, Mm. this is not fun. And so I was like, I'm going to get out of this and never want to ride again. And so I don't know if I had to do 20 hours a week, month after month, after month, after month, dude, I'm like going to take up fishing or something. Well, so let me ask you this, you mean, because like to be, training what you were averaging like 10 hours a week all year you had this killer ftp and great body weight do you think that if you had started at the age of like 16 17 years old that that would have been a route that you would have taken before you had all these obligations because you discovered this i mean you were still in your 20s but kind of missed the pro cyclist window a hundred percent. So when I did my VO2 max test, I was 82.6, which puts me at um, a, a, an extremely high level. Like Lance Armstrong's like 84. Okay. So genetically speaking, uh, I have a, uh, have a motor. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, I was eating my, – my favorite after-school snack was Doritos. Take like okay. nacho cheese Doritos spread sharp cheddar cheese over the top of that, do another layer of Doritos, another layer of sharp cheddar cheese, put it in the microwave, take it out, and just eat it. And so like all I'm doing is eating chips and cheese, you know, as a kid. Like I I never really uh, stressed that motor. I, I never stressed that anaerobic um, side or it just didn't, you know what I mean? So yeah, I definitely think I missed the boat on – on what I could do. Cause when you're a junior, it's you're, you're basically doping, you know, you're, you're, you're age mm. doping, you know what I mean? Like you, you, yeah. uh, improve so quick, you know, my son, what he will be able to do one week to the next week is like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, I, and as the older you get, obviously the, the, the time it takes you to make gains and the time that it makes, it takes you to make losses, you know, they, they go like, yeah. it's, 
it's so much longer to make gains and so quick to lose them. But when you're a kid, you know, you could ride your bike once a month and still make gains. Oh, it's so fresh. Well, not frustrating, but it's, it's, it's interesting to watch. I'm 44 years old and I coach a high school mountain bike team. And these kids, they hang their bikes up in May and they don't get on them again until like November the 1st. Um, and within weeks, they're, they've doubled their fitness. And that's only riding like, you know, four hours a week because they're not riding in between practices. Like they show up, they ride for 90 minutes of practice on two days a week and then they'll ride on Saturday or Sunday with us. And they just, they just recover so fast. They can take so much, you know, and, and just hold on to all of it. And they don't lose it fast either. It's age doping, dude. It's yeah, not, man. it's uh yeah, it's really, really crazy. And so, um, you know, but that kind of is, it's a bit of an excuse to, I mean, I don't know if I could have ever done anything really special. I don't, I don't feel like I'm an athlete, you know? Um, but, uh, but it'd e- either way. I mean, I do have a genetic potential to be, neat um you know but again like so the thing is 10 hours a week has been my average for you know since i've been taking this seriously you know i'll have i'll have some weeks where i'll do 15 hours but then i have some weeks that i'm doing three um and it's that inconsistency that i think is is uh hurt me a lot but in 2018 towards the end of 2018 really when zwift really when i embraced zwift is when i was able to um, keep consistent because, uh, for 2019, I did 140 hours on Zwift. Wow. That's a lot. And I would say a hundred of those hours, I would never have done otherwise. Like mm. that's, I'm pretty confident. Like it's raining outside, it's snowing outside, it's dark outside, whatever. Like the conditions were that at least out of a hundred hours, I'm not riding. And so to, for Zwift to be able to uh, be a platform that just one, it's, I honestly, a lot of times just love getting on Zwift, even if it's like warm outside or nice outside, dude, I want to do a Zwift race. Like that's fun. Like I really enjoy it. And so uh, that has kept me pretty consistent. And so like, you know, one thing I think a couple people have asked me is, do you think 20 training 20 hours a week is, is necessary? And I, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it's necessary. I think that if you train smart, you can get so much out of 10 a week. Um, you know, the 20 definitely, I mean, it helps, right. It helps a lot. Um, you know, when I'm, if I'm going to go try to compete against Legion, whether the big team in, in California and, Corey Williams is not only the greatest sprinter in maybe the world, uh, but he's also then training 25 hours a week. Mm. How can you ever even expect yourself to come close to that? Uh, right. So tell me what was the, how, how did your body respond to this? Like what, what changed through the training? Like what can you do now that you couldn't before? Um, what benefits did you reap? Yeah, so, um, I think the benefits are still are still coming out uh, because it takes a little while for your body to completely recover from that level of of stress. But you know, it is it's being able to put out power at four hours mm. versus one hour. So you know, you do ten hours a week, a one hour crit, 
not that big a deal. You know what I mean? Like you, you'll survive, you'll be fine. It's the four hour road race that you, you've already been, you know, bleeding out of your eyeballs for the first three and a half hours. And now you got to make the move. Like it's, it's that, that makes the difference. I, I was in a road race one time with, um, a jelly belly rider who had, he was training for the tour of California. He was going to be in the tour of California. And it was, he, so I got to race with him. I made a break with him and he would attack and they were such weak attacks. And I was like, bro, what are, are you a pro? Like, what is this? But he could do that same attack at the beginning of the race. And he did that same exact attack, that same amount of power at the end of four hours. And he mm. dropped everyone. You know, and it was like, okay, I get so it. So he was I, just chipping away at everybody's matchsticks. And well, it's just, it's, it's that when you have so much volume in your legs, you know, you're able to have, you're able to do closer to your maximum power output um, you know, at, at a longer stage of, of a ride. And so, you know, I think my last, the, the second to last ride that I did during this, so I was, you know, whatever, 55 hours, uh, in, um, and I went and rode to Yosemite <clears throat> and it was, uh, from my house to Yosemite and back, I actually had to do a little extra loop to make it be a hundred miles or something like that. But anyway, it was about a six hour ride. And man, I, I was doing, you know, 200 to 250 Watts. Like I, I mean, I, I wasn't noodling, um, but it was so enjoyable because I was going decently fast. I was feeling good. The 10,000 feet of climbing that I did in the day, like no big deal. Never at any point was like, oh my goodness, here comes this next climb. God, this is going to suck. You just, I just did it. Like it was no, I was enjoying the ride all six hours. Cool. Never, never did I think, oh man, you know, this is going to, this is going to, I'm going to pay for this effort later. I just felt invincible. Um, And so when you, that was one of the biggest things is because well, also I, I trained so much in those zones. I didn't do a whole lot of high end during that. It was a lot of zone one to zone three. So my, my zone one to zone zone two, zone three were just like I felt like I could ride that without burning any energy, if that makes any sense. And so to to sort of give you a follow up on it, so I I f uh, in May of 2019, I did 380. It was like 383 for 20 minutes, which I think put my FTP at like 350. Or something like that. It was like 350 watts, I think, was my FTP. I weigh 155 pounds. So I think it was like the FTP was just under five watts or like right at five watts per kilo. Um, and then and I, I had did I did 350 watts for an hour twice in 2019. So um so anyway, then December 1st, I did an FTP test and I did uh three eleven. <laughs> so it was not very good for 20 minutes. Right. So my FTP was like 298. Uh, so then when I was done with the, um, so I did three weeks, 20 hours a week. So 60 hours. And then I did a recovery week at like 10 hours. And then I did an FTP test and I did 332 for 20 minutes, which put me my FTP at 311 or 312. Um, but then in January so far, I've been doing a lot more high intensity Okay. And so, uh, what is, I mean, what is the date? It's like, it's the 27th. Okay. 
So just Saturday I did, I was leading out one of my teammates. We were doing a lead out practice for a climb and I did 380 for 15 minutes. Okay. So you're, and then just pull, I just pulled off and cause that was, that was, I wasn't pacing for 20 minutes and then I kind of noodled for the next five, but I ended up doing 351. I still managed an average of 351 for 20 minutes. So n- now my FTP is like, 320 or 325 or something like that. But I could have done 365 on Saturday, like if I had paced for that. Um, Mm. So already in like, what, like a two month span, I've taken my FTP from 298, you know, probably realistically, it's like 330 right now. Sure. So, you know, that's a big leap and not a very uh, long period of time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And, And I, but I expect, I expect to get back to an FTP of 350 and more. Um, but like the training that I'm doing now, the high intensity that I'm doing now, when, when, when I have an, a two hour workout compared to the two hour workout plus ride for another two hours, I'm just like, oh, dude, two hours is no big deal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then also the fact that so much of the time of the 20 hours a week was done on Zwift the amount of pedal revolutions and muscle contractions you're doing, like it was so efficient that now when I'm in a crit and I get to coast for 0.0 seconds, you know, in a turn, I'm like recovered. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's, yeah. it's so crazy that just the fact that you can, can soft pedal uh, or do, you know, or coast for a few seconds, you, you know, with, with all that volume in my legs, like I, I just recover instantly. And so it was, um, again, for cycling, great for my whole life, terrible, you know what I mean? So (laughs) I don't, I don't know how, uh, other people are able to manage so much. And, you know, it, during one of the Instagram stories, I, I kind of touched on this about having a priority, B priority and C priority, uh, in your life. And I sort of run my life as like an, an unbalanced balanced life is what I say. So okay. you zoom out on the year and everything is balanced. I think I, I, I shine equal amount of time and energy on my family, my job, my hobby, you know, health, diet. It's all pretty equal. But when you zoom in, you might say, okay, well, this week he spent 20 hours a week riding his bike, you know, plus, plus another 15 hours cycling related. Um, but then you know, so the week, so I did the three weeks, my week off, I was full gas with my family. So my A priority for the first three weeks of December was, was cycling and B priority was my family and C priority was my work. And, but then I, then you're going to flip that then you're going to change that around. And so then the last week in December, obviously A, A for my family, you know, probably B for work and then C for riding you know, um, and then I just kind of move that around and, and try to fluctuate that. And for me, that works, but there's no way that I could say, Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to do 15 hours a week, every week, always, um, without having to sacrifice something else in my life. Like I have too much else going on and, and maybe for like a young buck in college, like, what do you have going on? Ride your bike a hundred hours a week, like whatever. You don't have all these other responsibilities, but as you get older and you start picking up these responsibilities, you know, you got to manage them. Yeah. Isn't that the truth, man? Tell me about it. And that's really speaks to the whole, the whole story of like how, um, 
our Zwift team came together to begin with. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I prefer to ride my bike outside. I'm like, well, we can't, we can't. It's like, it's like, you know, if, if you look at the, the, the rides that I did this year on Zwift, those were just hours that wouldn't have been done otherwise, period. You know, it's like, I have to get my daughter to school every morning which means and my wife she's a personal trainer so she's out that out the door by 6 a.m and you know if i'm gonna get any exercise that day it's gonna be in my shed you know and then i'll get outside on the weekends and whenever i can and it it works out well what i say dude is and i i said this is that the fitter you are the more enjoyable cycling becomes and so if if staying fit means that you ride you know five days a week indoors that weekend ride that saturday ride how dope is that saturday ride gonna be uh so much better it's so much better because you get to enjoy it because you're not bleeding out your your ears and and huffing and puffing and having all these guys drop you if you were like well i only want to ride outdoors and so then you only ride outdoors once a week well then you're going to get to the be a point of like who are you even riding with because now all your friends are like oh bro this guy like, you know, yeah. uh, you're, you're slowing us all down. And so it's, I mean, not that you have to be super fit to enjoy cycling, but you go and ride, you go and do a, a, a 3000 foot climb. If you're fit, you know, you could have a great conversation with guys up that climb. You're not fit and you're dreading it the whole time. You're standing, you're, you're sloshing side to side and like, so I, I mean, the, the indoor aspect of everything and you either get it or you don't get it. Yeah. Obviously I think there's like a hardcore, um, like aura around cycling, which is just like man up and get outside and, and ride in the dark and ride in the snow. And, and it's like, bro, that's unsafe. You know, like I'm not <laughs> trying to ride at three in the morning while it's snow on the ground. Like you go ahead, dude, but I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And, you know, it's like you get that beautiful spring day and you and your buddies take a two hour trip to go to the, your favorite mountain bike trail. And then you're waiting for your friends because they're terribly out of shape or, you know, you're the one that's out of shape, like you said. Um, but now there's no, no more of that, you know, like no matter what time of year it is, if it's a beautiful day, it's like, you know, wheels down in the dirt and let's go. And then I feel like you enjoy you you uh, appreciate it more when you go outside uh, because sometimes okay so like um, there's been weeks where I've done 17 hours outdoors and I don't know like come Sunday and it's like God I got to do another two hour ride you're just sort of jaded about it and no matter where you're riding if you're riding through Yosemite you might just be looking at your power meter being like ugh you know you're not even looking at the sights. But when you're indoors all the time, uh, and then you get outdoors, you're like, "Ooh, real trees!" Like, yeah, you know, like it, <laughs> I, just, I, I seem to appreciate out outdoors more uh, because that was one big thing when I got my power meter and I started to take this serious. It happens to everyone, which is that you go hyper focused on that number. Mm, yeah, no matter where you are in the world, you you lose sight of what riding a bike really is, which is just getting you out in the world and, and enjoying it. And, you know, there's a lot of different things people take away from riding, but it's, it's not about, are you making this computer on your bike, say 350 or 250? Like that's not really 
that doesn't really matter. Um, but when you get, when you dive into that power world, it sort of kind of ruins everything around you. And, but with, with Zwift, I'm, I get to be the power douche on Zwift. And then when I go outside, you know, sometimes I just put my, my Carmen or my, my Wahoo in my pocket and I don't even look at it, but I'm feeling great, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for sharing your insight on that. Um, also, really quickly before before we head out, um, you know, obviously you are the vegan cyclist, and I know that 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 has been a big part of how you got healthy. Like you said, um, I, I was reading your your website earlier, and you said you were uh, eating fast food three times a day, and you had a business prior, I believe, a, a motorcycle shop. Is that right? Yeah, I owned a owned a motorcycle shop. So when I was young, my uh, my grandma got me into riding motorcycles and, uh, my mom worked like two jobs. And so on the weekends, you know, she couldn't, there was no daycare or anything like that. So I'd stay with my grandma. My grandma would take me out riding motos every, every weekend. And we ride bikes as well. Like we'd ride along the Creek. Anyway, my grandma really, she really was the one that kind of got me sparked into the love of, of two wheels. And so always motos, have kind of been a part of my life, just bikes in general. And um, in 2004, when uh, so I was 18, uh, I didn't graduate high school. I, I dropped out of high school like like a couple months before I was supposed to graduate, just because I wanted to make money. I, I wanted to chase the American dream, and and I wanted to uh, wanted to drive Ferraris and like have chicks on my arm and like fly <laughs> like. I, I don't know. Just being 18, like that's what I wanted. And so, uh, I was like, dude, I'm school's dumb. I'm going to go start selling cars is what I was going to do. And, and I actually ended up getting a job. Like I was like, I got a job when I was 17. I was kind of lying to him. Uh, but I started like the day I turned 18, I started selling cars and like night, like not some podunk, like it was a really nice dealership. You made they guaranteed you a lot of money. Like it was a really good job actually. Um, and then I don't know, like my second month I made like five grand and I was like, bro, like life is so easy, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so I was, I just was kind of got wrapped up into this like chasing of money type thing. Um, this was in 2004, 2005, which the economy in America was like, dude, just literally you just said pretty please. And people would give you money. Uh, like for housing and stuff like that. So I ended up um, refinancing a house and pulling out 50 grand and starting a, a motorcycle shop at 18 years old. And um, that's, uh, it's just crazy. But so, so anyway, so I did that for a little while, had no idea what I was doing, ran that business into the ground. Um, and then in, in, but while doing that business uh, for three years, I would, literally we would get to the shop i would have carl's jr fast food mm. like whatever then for lunch mcdonald's then for dinner taco bell you know i mean it was just like fast food three times a day and then maybe on the weekends we'd go out to a restaurant and eat just you know and so um but i was kind of staying active and i was young so i wasn't like super duper fat uh it just i wasn't eating healthy at all and then when my business failed, which the economy crashed and many businesses failed. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but so I went from just being this like baller, like I had it, I had the American dream 
to then I lost everything within 30 days. I was trying to expand my motorcycle shop. I had a cash drawer full of cash. Like I just, I was just an idiot. Like I was like, what I was like 21 and I'm just thinking, dude, life rips, you know, like it is so easy. I dropped out of high school and now I have this F-150, like a $50,000 truck with like, it was like a monster truck. I had a toy hauler. I had like four motorcycles at the time, my, my wife now, but at the time, girlfriend, you know, like I didn't appreciate her at all. She just like kind of worked for free and dude, I was just a piece of And so when I lost everything, uh, I continued to eat that way. And, and then Mm. I had, I did nothing. And so then I lost my complete ego and every, my personal identity was wrapped up in, in mode and being a business owner with money and being young. And, and then now I'm fat. I have no business. I'm like basically homeless. We're staying in a foreclosed home, you know, like I had nothing. And, but it was the, and it's cliche to say like, oh, the, the thing that happened in my life is what made me, me, it's always us trying to justify stuff. But like, honestly, I was a terrible person with terrible goals. And then when all that was stripped away, it's like money doesn't mean anything. Materialistic possessions, that doesn't mean anything. Like there's no value in that. Like, yeah, it's super sick if you have a Ferrari in your driveway, but it doesn't really mean anything. It's it's like relationships and health uh, are what you can't buy that with money. I can't buy my wife's love. I can't I can't buy myself a six pack. You know that's like work. That's that's yeah. like real. And so, um, you know, I I it took me a while to kind of even consider changing my diet, like. Going vegan for one, if you were to tell me, oh, you're going to be a vegan cyclist, like, bro, get out. Like, no way. Like, vegans are the hippiest, weirdest people, and there's no way I'm putting tights on. You know what I mean? Like, 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 come on. You know, like, it's not going to happen. And so I had this complete fallout. I, I was working in, like, a cubicle doing debt settlement. Like, it was a struggle to even make any money whatsoever but my girlfriend stood by me at the time and like i told her i was like you should just go go back to your like do so, like leave me like what are you doing like i've got nothing and and she hung she stayed with me and so you know like that's a whole life story and so we'll just keep it about the diet but so eventually um i saw a picture of myself at a wedding and just in your mind when you look in the mirror I don't know. For me, I'm just, I see like a Greek God. I'm just like, bro, this, this guy's good. You know, and, uh, <laughs> but then I saw a picture and I was like, I am terribly fat, but I didn't think that when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see myself fat. And I saw this picture and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm disgusting. And I was, I got up to like 210 pounds, which was like, some people, 210 pounds, they'll, they'll look good. I didn't look like it was not good. No, I, I look terrible. And I think your build and mine are very similar. Like I'm, you know, mid 150, six feet tall. And at one point I had gotten, you know, almost 200 and it was not muscle. No, yeah, just all fat. <laughs> and it's like all my face too. Like anyway, it was, it was no good. Um, and so you know, I tried to, I started working out a little bit. Um, I was doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, during this time as well. Um, it was, it was a big part of my life. And, and so then 
uh, I got really into jujitsu um, and I was training for the worlds and jujitsu, you have to weigh in, uh, you have to weigh in right before you fight. Mm. And so there's no rehydration. Like you, you get that has to be your weight. And it's cause you're going to now go fight. So if you're just starved and dehydrated, like you're going to lose, you know, so you got to go in. So anyway, so I'm trying to lose weight and it, I think I was 24, 25 and I had eaten my first salad ever. Right. I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta lose weight. And it wasn't about health. It was just about how can I lose weight? So I like went on a liquid diet. I, uh, ate a salad for the first time. And what was crazy is that like, um, during this, I got my weight super low. I think I got down to like 160 from like 190. Very unhealthy though. Like I was starving myself. And then I went to Worlds and I lost the first, like I lost within five minutes. And I was like, oh my God. So then I, 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 you know, it was like rubber band, right? Like I, I bounded back the other way. Like I was like, I had been trying to be super healthy or lose weight. And then it was like for nothing. So then I went back to eating just, and, um, my wife and I, we got pregnant. We got, she got pregnant. We planned it. But so then, uh, I was, we were kind of talking like, you're going to make a baby out of food. You're going to eat and you're going to make a leg, you know, in you. Yeah. Are we going to make our baby out of Big Macs and French fries? Or are we going to make our baby, you know, out of broccoli and, and whatever, like, right. Like we want our kid to be super healthy. You want them to be, have the best chance at life you can get. And so that sort of clip that, that flipped the switch towards just health conscious. And so this is both of you though. It's not just your decision, but now you and your wife are both kind of taking this journey together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, without her by my side, I, I mean, I've leaned on her so much. Like she is, She's my rock. And so, so yeah, so we did this, we watched um, uh, a documentary where Michael Pollan said, eat whatever you want, just cook it yourself. And mm. so that's what we did. And so we did bacon cheeseburgers, but we cooked it ourselves. And so then when you start getting into that, you start sourcing better ingredients. Well, do I want craft singles cheese or do I want to go to the farmer's market and get some like, you know, locally, sourced uh high quality milk cheese it's like you know and, and then the grass-fed beef and like you get into these you start going down this path where you since you're touching the food you're going to put in your mouth it makes a difference you you start making this connection between what you're actually putting in your body versus like when you go to a restaurant some magic happens in the back and then and then there's something on your plate and then you're full Right, like you don't actually put yeah, this yeah. connection between how that food got into your stomach in the first place. So, um, so then we just slowly started this ball rolling towards health, and that was the goal. Health was was the goal, and you start to see improvements. Your weight starts to come down. You know, you feel better. Um, you, you like what you're eating because you're cooking it, yeah. and so then. My son was born and uh, we we moved up to the foothills. Like we were living in a suburban area and I just wanted him to grow up like in nature. And so then we moved up into the foothills and that's where my hippiness level just 
skyrocketed, right? I mean, like if we're, if we're investing in hippie levels, that's you, you wanted to get in before I moved to the foothills. Cause like it was, we got chickens. We started having, we had our own chickens. We had like five acres. Um, you know, that, that was such a cool relationship with these chickens. Like one, they were silkies and I've told this story before, but they're not ugly chickens. They're like high quality, fancy ass chickens. Like look up a silky, bro. They're dope chickens. Okay. You know, they would, they would come to our like patio door and like in a flower pot, like lay an egg and squawk and leave. And, and it was just like, you know, so now we're doing our own eggs and we slowly, like, if you looked at the plate, uh, you know, it, in 2004, it was, the plate was, was not a plate. It was a bag from a fast food restaurant. And then I would say maybe like 2010, uh, the plate was, was spaghetti with bacon and some like bread rolls, maybe like more like 2008. Then 2010, I would say it's like a grass fed steak, maybe with some asparagus and some mashed potatoes with like butter and stuff and cheese. And then you start moving that plate into wild caught salmon and broccoli and Brussels mm. sprouts. And, and then eventually the, the protein or the meat on the plate is so small. Like the more that you're getting calories from the vegetables and the plants than you are that meat. And so then um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I watched Duran Rider like as a cyclist at this time, and as I was trying to, as cyclists, you want to be better, you want to be faster. Yeah, of course. And so then I was watching Duran Rider, and he was just promoting this vegan lifestyle. Very negative way to promote a vegan lifestyle. Like he's he's not he's not the uh, yeah he's a little divisive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But he he was showing you can eat plants and not die. And, and that was just mm-hmm. like foreign to me. I was like, well, no, you have to have meat or else you die. Um, and since so watching him, it's like, well, that's weird. You know, if he's, if he's seeing so many benefits from it, I wonder what that would be like. And um, I had uh, bacon, eggs, and yogurt for breakfast. And I was vegan by lunch. Wow. Like it was, it was so strange. So I came down from my office, was upstairs. I tell my wife, I was like, babe, I watched the wrong YouTube video and I'm vegan now. And she's like, what? You know, like, what are you talking about? Like, you're the most unlikely person to ever be vegan because of how meat heavy my whole life had been. Yeah. And, and just how much of a, a, a man's guy that I was like trying to be early on in my life. Like just, this was just not in character but uh uh, it was i don't know i don't know why i was like it was just a flip of a switch and it it was very strange how like with from breakfast to lunch i was vegan and i've never looked back at all and so then my wife she was like well sure i'll i'll do that with you and and so it's kind of just been that way um for about seven years now uh but my son is and my daughter actually all my family, other than me, I'm the only one that's 100% vegan. Mm-hmm. They're plant-based. And I don't, when I when I made this decision, it's like my son is too young to be able to make this decision himself. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to not be like spastastic about this and force him to eat a way that then he's going to revolt against when he becomes older, right? Uh, so 
I've always said this, 90% plants for life is better than 100% plants for a month and then you burn out. Like it's longevity is the goal. You know what I mean? It's not like, hey, I'm going to make my son be the healthiest he can be from five to six. You know, I want him to have, I want him to be 25, 30, 40 years old and have healthy components to his life um, and, and seeds that, you know, make it to where it's his decision when he's older. And so, uh, I mean, we don't eat, we don't eat, they don't eat meat. Um, they'll eat some fish every once in a while. So I guess that's meat, but like they'll eat a little bit of fish every once in a while, cheese occasionally. But like, if he has a cookie and it has milk in it, like, I'm, that's not the battle. That's right. not what, what I'm trying to fight. You know what I mean? It's just, what is your overall diet look like? And if it's mainly plants, you're solid, dude. I like it. That's, um, I think that's really useful, you know, for people to hear what your story, what your journey was like. And it was one about health and it was never about, you know, some sort of, uh, ideology really, you know, and I'm sure there's ethical components to why you do what you do, but just seeing where it started and, and where it's become, I think that's really cool. And well, the, the ethical side of it is, you know, I think people lead with that and it's just difficult, man. We've been, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say indoctrinated, but it's just, you grow up a certain way thinking a certain way. And it's very hard to change those, those patterns, whatever that is, diet, politics, do you know, like it, it, whatever it is that you believe in, it's very hard when you have, have solidified those beliefs and those thoughts. Um, it's hard to change that. And so if you haven't been exposed to cycling, right. Or riding bikes, and you're just some guy drinking coffee, driving down the road. You hate those people riding bikes. Right. Why? You don't even know. You don't even. You haven't even experienced that part of your life. You could be missing out on something. And so I, I kind of try to live by like, you know, if you introduce new information to a system, it's either going to strengthen your standpoint or change your standpoint. And both of those things are great. So if you're like veganism is the dumbest thing ever, we'll try it. And, it, and then you might try it and go, hey, it didn't work for me. I felt like a total turd, you know? And so then great, you've now strengthened your standpoint and you can now say with a fact, hey, I tried eating plants and I couldn't. They tasted gross, I, I felt horrible, which isn't the case, not gonna happen. But you know what I'm saying? A lot of times people, they, they, they'll throw stones at an idea or, or a lifestyle without even trying it. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's just with this on everything, all things in life. It, within cycling, this is what I find is crazy, is people are like, bro, gravel's so stupid. Gravel's yeah, so Yeah, and fighting within groups is kind of... Yeah, yeah. And indoor training, that's that's not riding bikes. Like, bro, ride all the bikes. Like, it don't matter. If, you, if I tried riding track bikes, I hated it. I hate track bikes. Fixed gears, they try to kill you. Um... <laughs> But that's okay. I can understand how some people enjoy that. It's not my thing, but I tried it. So I introduced new information to the system uh, and I've strengthened my standpoint that that's a death trap, but that's okay. Like you go do whatever you want to do. And, but now, you know, I don't need to poo poo on, on track cyclists. Like that's a, it's a great sport, but what's crazy is I now can understand them better 
because I've, I've ridden fixed gear. And so now I appreciate it. When I see someone weaving in and out of New York, it's like, dude, you don't have brakes. Like, it's one thing to say that it's another to like actually be riding it and being like, Oh dude, 20 miles an hour with no brakes is actually very difficult, you know? And so you can appreciate that. So if someone was like, tried going plant-based for, you know, uh, a month, even if it, it wasn't sustainable for their life or they didn't enjoy it or whatever the case, whatever their excuse is for not, you know, eating a carrot every once in a while, um, they might go, well, okay, I get it. Like I, I did feel somewhat good, but I actually just really like carne asada tacos and I like it too much to give that up. Sure. So you know, now, you know? Yep, Definitely. Well, Tyler, this has been a really fascinating conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Like I said, I've been watching your videos for years, um, and I've seen you make all these progressions. And I've, you know, uh, to this day, um, there's two videos that are my favorite, and that's "Breathe" and the one where you were telling the story about your wife and how you know you. She, I think you asked her to marry you, and she said no. And then she ended up marrying you anyway, which is awesome. Um, but yeah. Um, before we go, I want to give you a chance to give a plug for your sponsors and your social media. So if you want to just tell us how we can find you and um, who's supporting you, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, you can find me on YouTube for sure. Uh, it's it's The Vegan Cyclist. And I, I, I'll say that, dude, I kind of slightly regret naming my channel The Vegan Cyclist. Uh, <laughs> it, it, was, um, it was just one of those things, man, that I didn't know where this was going to go. And it was, it was an SEO tactic to try to whatever it's, it's the vegan cyclist. I won't yell at you about plants. I literally have never said the word go vegan. I've never encouraged anyone to go vegan. I just eat plants and I try to compete at the highest level that I can while maintaining adult responsibilities. And I try to tell those stories. I try to be relatable and, and, uh, and that, and so then also Instagram, is where I, I put a lot of focus and, and, and time and energy into my stories and, and Instagram posts and stuff like that. As of sponsors, I'm not trying to be one of them sponsored bros. I mean, I do have a lot of support uh, from a lot of a lot of companies, but it's I'm not trying to make this into an ad. And sure. and I think that the people that have supported me all they support me because I'm not always hey brought to you by. You know, I'm not wearing a, a, a Wahoo Fitness T-shirt right all the time, or like a Zwift hat. Like to me, dude, that's just kind of bleh. like uh, this isn't YouTube. Isn't my full time job. If mm. it was my full time job, of course I'd read you off the list of of, of sponsors. Um, but it's not, and so it's just me trying to tell cool stories. And in the videos, you know, uh, you'll some of these videos are made solely because of the spot, the support and the sponsors, but they, they are so cool that it's, they allow me to not have to be obnoxious about it. And sure. it's just in the background and some no sponsor plugs. Oh, ride bikes, bro. I will, I'll, I will, <laughs> I will plug, I will plug my, uh, my clothing company ride bikes, bro. And that's a, a, a casual t-shirt clothing company. That's all about riding all the bikes. And I'm super proud of that. So I will plug that. All right, cool. Well, hey, let's do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah. All right, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Never Going Pro podcast. And thanks again to Tyler Pierce. Ride on, and I will see you in Watopia.